Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We actually have a guest on the show today. Half an hour from now, Zach Redman is going to be joining us here on Sabres Live. He is the new player development coach within the organization, and we look forward to that. But Marty... Finally, we get a Redman on the show. We've been waiting for Jackie Redman for two years now, so at least Zach Redman is going to show up. At, at least we anticipate they'll show up at 1230. We still don't know if that's a, a Redman... Like, they're, they're not even family-related, but if it's wow. a Redman trait. <laughs> Are we sure of that? We'll ask. We'll have to ask. I don't think they are related. What about Mickey Redmond on the Red Wings broadcast? Any relation? Well, I don't know. We'll ask that too. Those are great questions to start the interview with. Oh, you have come out of the blocks flying today. I love it. And uh, people don't look- know that, but we reach out to people. Yeah, I come on the show and they're like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And uh-huh. so, you know, people around the league and, and we get a lot of friends and family on, <laughs> and, uh, that we could call about. And, uh, you know, TNT and NHL Network host Jackie Redmond said, yeah, I'd love to come Um, on the show and whatnot. And then um, I don't know if she changed cell phone number, but it went cricket for a little while. So we'll just still waiting. I'm I'm sure we'll get her at some point because she loves doing that stuff. But um, I'm I'm sure we'll get her. But we're still waiting. We're still waiting. That was from the draft in Montreal. Yes. So we're talking about a year and a half ago, a year plus ago. So now you've established we are a family and friends show only. Those are the only ones that are likely to (laughs) sacrifice 10 minutes of their time to join us here on Sabres Live. This is the usual look. Apologies on the radio side, but this is the usual look we get when we request a guest. And it's the Heisman. The Heisman. (laughs) The blocking out. It's like, no, we're not taking your call. Um, But that's fine. That's fine. We are more than capable, as we have proven time and again, last summer and this summer, to aptly fill 42 minutes of content or whatever is required in the course of an hour, right? Well, you did mention, and I've only prepared for two teams of the day because today's team of the day are the M's, like Marty, like Mario, uh, like Minnesota and Montreal. But you actually said there's three teams because the Minnesota North Stars and the Minnesota Wild are completely different. Actually, the North Stars moved to Dallas and they are the Dallas Stars. So that's a different thing. But so I like it brought me back so many memories. So I hope that people... 
get excited for today's two, well, three teams, Minnesota <laughs> North Stars, Montreal Canadiens, and Minnesota Wild, because I feel like there's a lot to unpack here when it comes to Sabres history. My personal history with them, I grew up hating the Canadians. I mm-hmm. think that's going to score points with some Sabres fans, but uh, that's basically was my... Uh, uh, you know, my bringing up. So I'm excited about those uh, those three teams, as you pointed out, Duffer. Allow me to do a North Star minute to put it all into context. <laughs> they were 42, 31, and 16 against Minnesota when they wore those beautiful green and gold jerseys. Yes, Buffalo and Minnesota actually played twice in the playoffs back in the day. The Sabres swept a preliminary round series two straight and then lost. Now, this was tough because this was on the heels of losing to the Islanders in the semifinals in 1980. Mm-hmm. They would lose in the quarterfinals the next year to Minnesota four games to one, and Minnesota would go on to get crushed by the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. Um, all-time leaders against Minnesota, the North Stars. Perot, 66 points in 63 games. Robert, for, sorry, 63 and 66 for Perot, 42 and 32 for Rene Robert. Don Edwards was 10-2-5 lifetime against the North Stars, and he played in all seven playoff games head-to-head. And that's pretty much all you need to know about the Minnesota North Stars and the Buffalo Sabres and their history. You know what? Wikipedia, Hockey Reference, Elite Prospect, whatever. So many tools that we use on this show. It's great to, you just put 1981 NHL playoffs. Boom, Hockey Reference has got Uh it. And then you say, oh, you know what? The Buffalo Sabres had actually swept the Vancouver Canucks in the preliminary round, 3-0. And then in the quarterfinals, they lost to the Minnesota North Stars. And you go in and you kind of click on the roster and you see who were the players you know that were in the game. Jill Malosh was the goaltender for the Minnesota North Stars. And I'm like, Jill Malosh, like what a name from the past, mm-hmm. right? And some of the players that actually had impact with the Steve North Stars. Payne. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Neil Broughton was there. Uh, Dino Cicerelli. Uh, Steve Payne, you mentioned in game one, he had scored a couple of goals. Bobby Smith, when yeah. he was with the Minnesota North Star. Now, he was a Montreal Canadiens after, but he was a North Star at well, at first. So that's, that's you know, Bobby Smith was fantastic. When you look at those individual names, does it have power play goals? next to them in that postseason if memory serves that power play by minnesota was one of the greatest all time in any springtime run in stanley cup playoff history okay well i am going to look at playoff scoring right now and yes there is power play goals and in literally in 19 games steve Payne had 17 goals six of them were on the power play cicerelli had five on the power play steve christoff had five on the power play yeah i mean that is a lot of power those play are goals regular season 19 power games. play number for for a lot of guys yeah anyway it, so. exactly uh that was you're right 1981 the minnesota north stars were fantastic on the power play now they ran into a hot team with <laughs> comes to the New York Islanders that were in the uh, midst of their dynasty and they mm-hmm. actually won one of the you know one win and they got uh, they lost 4-1 in the finals. Um as far as the Minnesota Wild are concerned which is the present day matchup um of Buffalo and a team from Minnesota there is but one win separating them in head to head play and guess right. what the Sabres took the all-time lead in the head-to-head series this year in a stunning 6-5 overtime win yes. on home ice back in January. Remember, the Sabres were in a pretty good run of games at this point in time. I think the 
ill-fated Philadelphia game followed like just days after that kind of killed their <laughs> it, it mo- stopped the momentum <laughs> on home ice. But if we go back to that night, the six, five game, like the Sabres were up by a couple, they were down in the third period. They score late and get the overtime winner from Olafson who bookended the scoring that night. And I've told you this before. One of the most special things was my girls were there and yeah. not only were they there and loving it the next day, they wanted to relive it because the overtime itself was four minutes of absolute chaos. Yes. And we just sat there having breakfast, like rewatching it on our, on our tablet, just to kind of see what we thought we had seen. And then what we may have missed along the way, it was a remarkable game and yet another six goal outburst by the team wearing the goat heads. At the time, the Sabres, when they beat Minnesota that night of January 7th in 2023, the Sabres were 20, 15, and 2. And were on, in a really nice run when they had only one, lost one of nine. So you're thinking, this is good. You are right. Losing to fl- the Flyers right after that, losing to the Kraken, losing to the Jets, all three on home ice, mm-hmm. really, really put a stop to it. But the Minnesota game was wild, was fun. You remember the overtime. Uh, I remember the third period where Buffalo had to battle back and score in the last three minutes with Rasmus Dahlin uh, getting a goal. So that, to me, was uh, was definitely a, a memorable matchup against the Wild for this year. Wow. It, it, and it was in the evil. I Did that Did that spark Dahlin to say we're evil in the black and red? I, I don't know I'm, if that was the game. I'm going to say yes because of what you just said after. And that was the – He had two the, goals that game. No, but the consecutive losses that followed. Yeah. Because I felt oh, like yeah. after he said it, then we had that immediate dip. And I was like, ugh hate when that happens but anyway it was a fun night and it was and just we all a- were, were cheering for them to change their schedule so they could wear the black and red goat head again because it wasn't working in the blue and gold so you went two and two in your career against the minnesota wild while you were a member of the buffalo yep. sabers anything stand out against uh, the wild head-to-head well i went I, I played against the wild when jock lemaire was coaching there and i remember mike ramsey went from the buffalo sabers as an assistant coach to minnesota as an assistant coach mario trombley was an assistant coach with the montreal canadians it was a very defensive type of team, right? Manny Fernandez was in that for a little bit. Dwayne Rollison made it back to the NHL being a Minnesota Wild and having some success. So um, it was low scoring games. That's what I remember. They were defensive battle and low scoring games. But funny enough, the Wild have kept this Supposedly, people all think, well, the Wilds is a defensive team. The Wilds are the Wild are always a defensive team. They've been one of the highest scoring team of the last few years with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and they've got good young players. And you're thinking, okay, they've definitely flipped the the, the switch there, but uh, they were a low scoring team when we played them. I don't recall many uh, on ice games against the Wild. I won't lie to you. In four games. In my seven or eight years with the Buffalo Sabres, only playing mm. four games against the Wild, I don't remember much. I do remember one time Ryan Miller played in Minnesota, and I was not happy because I thought I was going to play. Uh, and Millsy got called up from Rochester, and just to be told, he had the start. So I sat on the bench and ate popcorn that day, and I was, you know, staring at Lindy, not happy with the whole situation. Uh, but I remember a lot of things off the ice. Duffer, remember the Uh-oh. hotel we stayed at, right? The Saint Paul, right across the Saint Paul, right across. You mean my favorite? Is it your favorite? Yeah. Is it really? It was Mm -hmm. one of my 
like least, least favorite. favorite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because <laughs> every time I walked into my room, it felt like the heat had be cranked up because it was always cold outside. They want to make sure you cut in your room nice and and toasty. Uh -huh. But you would pull the sheets and it would like be sparking like the 4th of July with static electricity between the comforter and the the, the wool sheet. And the sh it was like I would open it up and, go, and it would spark everywhere. Um, they, the room service used to close, er close early. So we couldn't get the late night grilled cheese and ice cream like JP Dumont and I would love to order. Uh -huh. um, so it wasn't my favorite hotel, but it was. A great location. So we only had to walk across a little park to get to the arena. The only problem is that park was usually minus 25, minus 30 degrees with wind blowing at about 30 miles an hour right through. And you were frozen by the time you got to the to the door. So those are the things I remember about Minnesota and St. Paul. The ever so wrong statue of Herb Brooks when you entered that is like smaller than life size. Like if you're going to go and make a bronze of somebody iconic in hockey in Minnesota. Like, it's not even a small statue where you say, hey, this is a, a 12 foot high statue when you walk in. <laughs> it's a it's a four foot tall statue, but the, the, the man wasn't four foot tall. So mm. it's really odd that it's a smaller than life-size statue of Herb Brooks when you walk into that that building. Um, so those are the 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 quirky kind of things I remember about Minnesota. Oh, I can raise you a couple on that. Although I'm, <laughs> I am fully. Are you sure you want to do that? Yes, I'm sure. There are people out here that know this. So I'm going to go there. Go. New Year's Eve. Transitioning from the year 2013 into 2014. We finished 2013 in Winnipeg. Just yes. early enough to catch a flight to Minnesota. And it was the ultimate Hal Gill, Chris Mason, bag chuck because we got into Minnesota at about 11.58. Oh, boy. So then the night began rather rapidly, trying to play catch-up, if you will. And it may have ended poorly for some on a decision, <laughs> although I would say most people um, neglected my generosity at last call. Okay. I ordered eight Double Bloody Marys. Oh. <laughs> for, for the group, right? Two minutes before midnight. No, no, not midnight. Like two or three in the morning, whenever last oh, two, call was. Two minutes before last call. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think many of them were consumed. I think I tried my best. <laughs> I think uh, it took me a long time to realize why I had um, like red stains on my tie. Oh, in the days that followed, I, I sat there for days, if not weeks, thinking like, I don't recall spilling pizza sauce when we got pizza <laughs> late that night back at the hotel. Anyway, um, that's just one of the great memories. But that was also, I am quite sure, because they lost in Winnipeg heading into uh, the the game against Minnesota, which they would also lose. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the the Herb Brooks practice. The again? Yes. Under again. Ted Nolan. Yes. Again. And, <laughs> yes. And remember, this is 2014. So there's a winter classic that day. And I'm pretty sure that's when they unveiled Olympic rosters. Oh, 2014, yes. So there were there was 2014 would have been what? Sochi? 
maybe. Yeah, I would think Sochi was the Olympics in 2014 because 2018 then became. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the back and forth, there was there was a lot of frustration, Marty, in that practice. Um, there, there might have been a uh, Marcus Foligno <laughs> reference to Miracle where uh, in the midst of his sprints, he's like, <laughs> Marcus Foligno, Buffalo, New York. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> The moose we got loose and dis- decided to end it. We were sitting there in disbelief in the stands. And then to tie it all back in with the hotel that you didn't necessarily love. Yes. As we left the rink that day, which was long after the skate was done, Ripper and the training staff had ordered subs. I can't even remember from where. But there were a lot of leftover subs. So? They asked us if we wanted them, and then you're sitting there going, we're here for two more days. Like, why wouldn't we take a couple? Well, the St. Paul Hotel doesn't have little mini bars no, or refrigerators in the room, no. but you don't need it in January because you just put the sandwiches on your window ledge Yes, when you come back to the hotel because it's it's like having it in a freezer. So You close the curtain and you put it between the curtain and the window, you're yep. for sure it's going to be cold and potentially even frozen by the end of it. But uh, that is. So that's it. There's my, there's my St. Paul. And I do love St. Paul. I love it for the proximity. I love it for the fact that you walk into that building, which was constructed in the late nineties. It still feels like it's new. It's the heart of hockey. It is. It's. I love every aspect of going so, to St. Paul. It's truly one of my favorite this, stops. But yeah. you were talking about St. Paul in the building. I love when you walk in and the jerseys of all the high school team in the yeah. state of Minnesota are all represented on the wall. And there's a lot of them. It's not like 20 jerseys. There's hundreds of them, right? Mm-hmm. The state of Minnesota has got a ton of high school boys and girls, high school hockey teams that are represented there. It's awesome. It feels hockey. I forgot about this. Minnesota was the place where I did my first color analyst uh, gig. I got a call my first year retired. Joe Micheletti with the New York Rangers had ruptured his Achilles tendon playing basketball in Carolina the day off in between games. And they said, we're covered for tonight in, in Raleigh, but can you travel to Minnesota and do the radio call with Kenny Alberts at the Wild and Rangers and then in Winnipeg with the Rangers and then you're going to go home. So I did my very first color analyst gig in Minnesota. I did not know many players on Minnesota. I did not prepare. Like I was just, this is going to be cool. I'm just going to be alongside Kenny Albert. I'll just talk about our guys and whatnot. He's naming guys on the Minnesota Wild. I'm like, I don't even know where that guy comes from. Like, who is he? Is he a forward? Is he a D? Like, I was so stressed. But uh, what a what an experience to work with Kenny Alberts, number one. And to do it for the first time was awesome. I was much better in Winnipeg the next day. Okay. Transitioning to Montreal because we're almost out of time because yes. of my long-winded storytelling. I apologize oh, for I that. I love it. The Sabres have beat the Habs 134 times in regular season play. That's the most wins they have against any franchise in the team's more than 50-plus year history. They've met seven times in the postseason. The Sabres won three series in 75, 83, and 98. Uh, 98 sticks out for a lot of people. You reference it often. I mean, yes. we talk so much about Michael Pekka. But this sweep was historic. The Barnaby presence of a hat trick on Mother's Day was mm-hmm. absolutely significant. Um, it was a real bright spot in, you know, head-to-head springtime competition between these two long-standing rivals. 
Yeah, we had just come off a big win against the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round. And we go in playing Montreal. And I remember I was a black ace, right? We had lost in the first round in Rochester. So me, Eric Rasmussen, Jason Holland, Roman Adur, Denny Amel, Jean-Luc Grandpierre. We were all like basically skating on our own with Brian McCutcheon, our coach from Rochester. And we were just getting ready in case we had to go in. And uh, so we were part of all the meetings. And I remember Mitch Korn, our goalie coach at the time, gave everybody a sheet with Andy Moog, Jose Theodore, and Jocelyn Thibault's basically strength and weaknesses. Every single goal the Sabres scored against Andy Moog was basically on that sheet. So much so that one of the guy on the Sabres, I don't know, just on the way out, there was extra sheets. He threw one in the garbage and the media newspaper got it. And after game two, they had written an article about how This is what Mont- or, uh, the Sabres scouting report is on Nemog. And these are all the goals that they've scored so far in the first two games in Buffalo. And they started Moog in game three just to go to Jose Theodore halfway in game three, where Michael Pekka scored the overtime goal. And then I think Theodore played again in game four. But it was the first time the Canadians had ever been swept in their long history in a best-of-seven series on home ice. They had been swept before in best-of-five, but never in a best-of-seven game four mm-hmm. in Montreal. Well, for me, I mean, beyond you know this this time frame, and obviously on the MSG side, you see them taking advantage of Jose Theodore in that series. Um, for me, the highlight would be 1983. Um, Bob Solvay defeated Montreal on consecutive days allowing zero goals. In fact, this best of five series ended in four days, April 6th, April 7th, and April 9th. In wow. the four-day span, Buffalo won three times to eliminate them, and Solvay's marks were 0.67 goals against and a 974 save percentage. And and that was really something. And unfortunately, the Sabres and Bruins would meet in the next round They would uh, go seven games. Brad Park scores the overtime winner in game seven. But uh, it was it, it was a really gritty. It was a different team from the 70s. It was a different team from 1980 that lost to the Islanders. They were really transitioning. It was just full of guys like Peterson and McCord and Amel and McKegney and um, Lindy, you know, uh, yep. and it, in that really small window of time, they it was a really, really cool period. Now, you truly did not like Montreal because nope. your career numbers as a Sabre against the Canadiens, 12 and 6 with a 2.04 and a 9.28. Well done, my friend. Well, I remember a couple of games. And the first one I remember was in 2001. Dominic Asha got traded that summer. And I remember we started, I, ta- I talked about the story about the Atlanta Thrashers first game of the year where I was sick in the locker room before the game. So we're about, I'm, I think this is my eighth game of the season as a team. I think it's game number 10. We're in Montreal. So that's October 20th, 2001. We won the game three to one. I made 29 saves. Here's the thing. After the game, I remember the Montreal media, like I had played a really, really good game. I remember being aggressive, two pad stacks and challenging guys and really, really in the zone. Montreal media coming over saying, Marty, you you, you guys are going to surprise everybody. You guys are going to be the, the, the team that's going to catch everybody's eye. Um, Dominic Ashik's not there, but you're playing out of your mind. I remember thinking, this is awesome. Yes, bring it on. Like shower me with compliment, please. Like I love it. Um, it didn't work out that way. We didn't have the the season that 
you know, we were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that game, like being like just basically approached with gifts and flowers by the media after the game. Uh, I know you remember one five years earlier in Montreal as the forum was closing. Oh, and I even put we it in have, my notes. We have done a rebroadcast of this on MSG before. Mm-hmm. And you have mentioned John Blue a number of times this yeah. summer. You started a game at the forum, gave up a couple of goals on six no. shots. John oh, Blue, started. Blue started. You yes. came in, pardon me, yes. yes. Gave up two on six shots. Blue would return. The goal scoring would continue. And somehow <laughs> the Sabres pulled out a 7-6 victory, which was John Blue's only game of record against the Canadians in his career. What a night, 7-6 you know at the Forum. You know what amazing was about that game? And I can't believe I didn't even put in my note as it was Seymour's last yes. game that he attended on the road. He he, he was sick. Everybody on the team knew that Seymour Knox was sick, uh, but the public didn't know. And Seymour loved the Canadians, right? The first ever game, like, you know, you got the Canadian John Billivo in the auditorium. He's throwing the first puck, the whole thing. And he went to Montreal. Well, he, he was taking the face off on the first puck. On the first puck, yes. Um, <laughs> it, it was, we went to Montreal for that game. It was January of 95. And Seymour made the trip. And after the game, I remember Patty LaFontaine going around with his jersey, getting everybody to sign it, and then giving it to Seymour at the uh, at the airport, waiting to come back to Buffalo. Um, it was it was a very memorable moment. That game was awesome. I did a uh, bench interview before bench interviews were popular. How can I in Canada? I was like, hey, uh, Ted, can we interview Marty on the bench? Yeah, go ahead. And remember the Montreal Forum, like you could walk behind the benches, like fans would walk on the bench to get to their seats and all of it. And I'm doing like a full interview on the bench with Hockey Night in Canada. And the guys are looking at like, what, what's the kid doing? Like we have a game. And and then I got thrown into the game later. And then I got pulled again. Like what a moment. I missed the pregame meeting because I was in the stands just taking it all in. Like, ooh, this is the Montreal Forum. By the time I got to the room, the door was locked. So I missed the pregame meeting. Like what an 18-year-old stupid myself was I doing there? Did you get the towel? From the interview? No, because I had just a, I think at the time Powerade may have been the sponsor. Maybe it was Gatorade, but I had just a regular normal towel, right? It wasn't an intermission interview where you had the Hockey Night in Canada towel. But uh, yeah, I remember going into the game so nervous, Mm -hmm. um, gave up two goals. So I finished the first period, started the second. And we were down, but then we got back up to like 4-4. And Teddy Nolan said, Marty, come here. And he goes, I'm going to put John Blue back in. You did your job. We're back even, but you're obviously, you know, I'm going to put the veteran. He's, he was going to say, you're not making a save. You look nervous. I'm going to put the, the, the veteran guy back in, which John Blue went back in and won. And uh, it was it was actually my second time ever in the Montreal Forum. I had been to the Forum one time before that, and that was the second time ever. Well, when it comes to goaltending against the Canadiens, uh, obviously I referenced Sove in the playoffs. Hashik was 4-0 in the playoffs against Montreal. But regular season play, this is not to be forgotten based on the man we celebrated last year. Ryan Miller loved playing against the Canadiens and Carey Price. He had 25 regular season wins, 11 losses, 6 overtime decisions. Hashik had 20 regular season wins. Your record was sparkling at 12-6. and 
underappreciated. I still love him. Jonas Enroth was six and two in yep. eight games against Montreal. Gary Bromley was three zero and one. Jocelyn Thibault, <laughs> whose time in Buffalo was underwhelming to say the least. Yeah, one of his three victories was against his former club, a twenty-four save shutout of the Montreal Canadiens. So that had to feel good for Jocelyn. And then we lost him in the last year, the late Dave Dryden. Mm -hmm. Think of this: his record as a Saber against Montreal was one six and four. <laughs> Can you imagine how many times his brother? was at the other end of the rink uh, in those 11 meetings. And man, oh man, what well, a story. Also, that's not fair. Those Canadian team were so I good. know, oh. I know. Pretty crazy, though, but uh, just ultimate class at both ends of the ice when the Dryden brothers were going head-to-head. -head. Zach Redman is the new Sabres de player development coach. He joins us next here on Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Rolling along here on Sabres Live, and as promised, with a guest, which is uh, perfect timing based on the fact that the Amherst Alumni Golf Tournament, Marty, is coming up very quickly, and we'll be in Rochester for that on Monday. And someone who starred for the Amherst is now back in the organization in the role of player development coach. He's Zach Redman, and he's with us now on Sabres Live. Zach, congratulations on uh, the return to the organization. It's great to see you. Um, how long was this in the works, this next opportunity for you post-playing career? Oh, well, it's kind of, uh, I guess you never know, you know, you, you play and you're in your own world for so long and you know that 
the end is inevitable at some point you never know you know which path is going to open up and um I knew I wanted to stay in hockey and so I was making my calls and um this job just so happened to kind of open up at the right time for me and you know from there it's there's a whole lot uh, there's a process to it so um got through that too and um just very grateful to have gotten the job because it's definitely something I think as a player you don't give enough respect to life outside you're you're your own uh your own entity so really grateful that uh they're giving me a shot here and it's it's going to be awesome so I know that you haven't really taken full flight into it just yet but having to make your own schedule versus being told what your schedule is what is that going to be like because you're going to be looking at you know, the players that you're going to follow and the prospects that you're going to follow. And you kind of kind of have to make your own schedule as to where you travel. Um, are you looking forward to that? Or do you like it better when they tell you, hey, these are your 82 games this year. And this is when we're going to be on the road and when we're going to be at home. And so be it, right? Like you can't do anything about it. So what do you like better? Well, I guess to answer that last question, I'm going to need some time, but... You know, obviously, like you said, as a player, you're just showing up when they tell you to, and it's pretty thoughtless. Um, this, I think, will definitely have its advantages um, as far as, you know, getting there. I'm not there quite yet, um, but I am uh, going to, I mean, every every day I'm learning quite a bit about how this yeah. role is going to take shape. So. Um, I don't really have an answer on what's going to be better, but I think there's definitely some some great freedom and perks to drawing it up on your own. Um, but definitely a lot of moving parts with this position. So we'll see how that schedule ends up shaking out. <laughs> and obviously a lot of traveling. Do you expect to be in one place more often, though? And like, would that be in and around Rochester helping <laughs> out and, you know, extra practice time and things like that? Or is it is it really more? time away from Rochester with all the other prospects. Yeah, I think, I think um, there's, I'm going to be kind of sprinkling myself around everywhere. Um, I would say the, the vibes that I'm getting now, I'll be working primarily with prospects. And then, um, you know, once a month, maybe twice a month, I'll be getting into Rochester and checking out Buffalo and getting a pulse there. So um that's one of the really cool parts about the job is I guess you get to kind of understand the organization on many levels and um, it'll be awesome. You know, my time in Rochester was, was great. Like that's going to be cool walking back into that arena and um, Buffalo and seeing, you know, it wasn't all that long ago. So still seeing all these faces, but yeah, I'm going to be, um, I think prioritizing prospects, but um, I'm going to be, you know, bouncing around everywhere and getting a feel on it all. So it'll be really cool. Which coach did you have through your career and, and from many different organizations that kind of you paid attention and you said, oh, I'd like to do that. Is there somebody that sparked that desire to maybe follow up after your career into that field? Um, I guess not to say no flat out, but I guess, um, you know, there's like you play and then, you know, we all went through it. I'm sure you did. I don't know if you wanted yeah. to do what you're doing, you know, right out of the gate or if it, 
you know, just kind of took shape organically, but I know staying in hockey was what I wanted to do. Um, I think this role in particular is something that naturally kind of fit my skill set. And, um, you know, so really like the stars just completely aligned for me. I, I've definitely wanted to stay in hockey. Um, like I said at the beginning, you don't always know how that's going to work. You know, I mean, maybe uh, go for a coaching job or a scouting job and those don't land and you're kind of back to the drawing board. So it's not as much picking what you want to do um, as much as getting the opportunity somewhere and getting your foot in the door. So the fact that I got to do what I wanted to do and get my foot in the door this way was just amazing. The difference, I guess, for me is that I was a backup goaltender in my last few years playing 15, 20 games a year. So I had plenty of time to think, what do I want to do when I'm done, right? But you still played the last three seasons in Germany and played full season. So, like, did we're going to talk about Germany and playing with J.J. Paterka, but, like, this had to happen pretty quick. You were playing full season, and then all of a sudden it's over, and then you're like, what next? Like, how how long did it take for you to tell your family, saying – well, I'm done now and I'm going to transition into something else. Yeah, I think for me, um, and I, I'm sure my wife was on a different timeline, but I, for me, I, you know, was kind of thinking about it for a while. I know my, my knees started to get a little shaky on me. <laughs> and so once that kind of happened, you know, I was trying, trying to do the damage control in the off season and get them to back to where they were but it was just kind of slowly declining and so I it had been on my mind for a year or two um but you never know when you're finally gonna make that call and um so we were prepared in a sense but also you're jumping into it you know I had to kind of let go of one to seek the other and you never know how that's gonna go so um again yeah I you know, fortunate on the timing. Um, I guess I had some time to process it, but I think it's like any player, it's just going to be a, an adjustment period regardless. You were with a number of former Sabres over there in Germany, but the one that is most relevant for today's group is, of course, J.J. Paterka. What was your first impression of him? And now what is your current lasting impression of him? <laughs> well, first off, uh, the guy's awesome. He's, you know, as a person, like right away, you could just, he's one of those guys that uh, kind of draws you in. He's friendly and um, just doesn't take long to get to know him. And as a player, I guess he was, you know, you gotta, you get, you really have to kind of reflect back on your time as an 18 or a 19 year old. and think, wow, where would I be if I was here right now? And, you know, these prospects and it's Germany, it's not the NHL, but it's still a really good league. And these kids are playing um, with men, essentially. So, you know, to see the speed and skill that he he had and, um, you know, maybe not the opportunity right away, but you knew he'd get there. And when he got it, it was going to be a good thing. And, and that's exactly what's happened. So, awesome guy um texted him right away and told him i'd be bogging him at camp and <laughs> so looking forward to reconnecting 
Well, it's funny because JJ somehow has had a lot of connection with the Sabres and the organization, playing with Derek Roy. You played with Roy Z that year as well. Um, so Roy Z kept telling us the guy's a stud. He's a stud. He's a stud. He's going to be a stud. But now that you're more in the development phase, like where do you see JJ's game going to? Is he a, a 20 goal for 30 assists, 50 points, but can be a defensive, responsible, physical type of guy? Or does he have more of a 60 to 70 point a game a year type of uh, of uh, of game that uh, could translate to the NHL yeah i think i think like you know we i guess we all know when we're playing um how much opportunity are you going to get and how what sort of role does the team need you to play and all those things definitely factor in but i think that's what's so great with jj's i guess his versatility you know he's got all the speed and skill in the world um how they want him to use it i guess is you know uh remains to be seen where he fits in the players they bring in where do they need him to slot in so i think i think he could certainly be up towards a point of game i i could also see him um really diving into a defensive role and having a good two-way game he's got the speed and he cares and um he wants to win so he's got the i guess the attributes to kind of play up and down for you. And I think it's just going to be a matter of the opportunity that he gets. Well, he's been one of those players in the last few years here in Rochester that has seemingly uh, developed under Seth Appert, but obviously earned the accolades of Seth Appert as well. And, and that's been, you know, for us as people who talk about this stuff every day, um, it's just given us a lot of insight into the the prospects that have taken the leap so far uh, organizationally. And I'm wondering, we were wondering what uh, was your connection, if at all, other than your college location with Seth Appert as a couple of Ferris State guys. Yeah. Um, well, I guess if you know anything about Ferris State, you know that everyone pretty much knows everybody. And um, <laughs> he's uh, he's actually one of those guys that somehow has eluded me face to face. Like we never met. There's always uh, like a fundraiser golf outing that everyone goes back to and both of us were kind of busy with our um, careers and he was coaching and I was playing. And so we never quite connected at those. And um, when I finally decided to retire, he was a guy, you know, because of all the success he's had and kind of the commonalities in our background, he was a guy that I reached out to. And um, since we've had, you know, four or five conversations. So Super easy guy to talk to. Awesome to be working with a guy that, you know, I do have a history with um, in that way. And he's just a really good guy. It seems like everybody loves playing for him and um, working for him, which I will have the luxury of doing. So really cool to have that, I guess, connection. Is it easier to talk to Seth because he was a goaltender and you're a defenseman and you always took care of the goalies? Is that where the connection is? Is that why like we we can talk forever because we we do have that respect for the job that each other did? <laughs> well, maybe there is kind of an unseen bond there. Yeah, uh, goalies have always been easy to talk to for me. So I don't know that I was helping them all that much, but they've always been good to me. Who is the one in Rochester, like a goalie that you remember, like, man, like we had some good times with this guy. 
Oh man, there's one that really, really does stand out. And uh, if you'd known him, I mean, he was uh, he was backing up for Linus Allmark uh, for the most part. But when he did get in, he was awesome. And uh, Adam Wilcox, Adam a- Wilcox, yeah, Wilcox, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, exactly. You know what I'm talking about? He's just. Uh, I actually just reached back out to him because it's been a while and my career's been on the run and I finally settled down. I'm like, I have to check in with this guy, but he just was a joy to be around. It just guy cracked me up. You just have to look at him. He doesn't even need to say anything. He's just uh, one of those old school backup goalies that really just kind of melted the room together. Oh, he was such an incredible breath of fresh air. I mean, he just, the dance moves and everything else that he would share just to try to get guys in the right place. And Marty, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's that unicorn, pardon the word, and Sabres history of having a loss without giving up a goal. Yes, he did. And oh, great graphic, by the way, on the MSG side with unicorn coming up. First time I've seen it. But yeah, he got a loss without giving up a goal. He basically... Uh, came in, didn't give up anything, got pulled at the end of the game just to see an empty netter go into the net. And then the Sabres scored a goal within the last few seconds. So the game-winning goal was an empty net that he was on record for. So he got a loss without giving up a goal. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's 0-1 in his career, and he's got a 0-0 goals against average and a 1,000 save percentage. Oh. <laughs> Zach, we, we got to fly, but what what's your what's your career highlight? to date what what's the one thing you take cherish the most from your your playing days oh i guess yeah um if i had to pick one oh that's very tough but it's just impossible to beat your first nhl goal Mm. um you know your first game but your first goal there's just uh it feels like at that moment you have accomplished everything that you've set out for so that to me was uh as good as it got who'd you beat uh james reimer toronto when you were with Obviously. winnipeg, <laughs> when I was with winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. like reimer yeah. like me gave up a lot of first nhl gold to a lot of people <laughs> that's just uh some people are are just uh the victims and we were victims of that yeah, so. that's awesome well zach we look forward to seeing you around uh obviously throughout the course of the season and yes. staying in touch congrats again on the new role and uh enjoy the rest of summer Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you soon. There is Zach Redmond, Sabres player development coach. We'll wrap up Sabres Live right after this. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Oh, it's been a good Thursday. We want to thank Zach Redman and Jackie Redman for their contributions to the show <laughs> and remind you there are three different 11 game plans out there for you to get involved in the Sabres home portion of this schedule upcoming in the 23-24 year. You can choose the weekend plan, the weekday plan, all-star plan, 
Enjoy significant savings from box office pricing and priority for playoff tickets. Just head to sabers.com slash tickets. Marty, Robert De Niro is 80 on this day. They, mm-hmm. Unless I missed it, uh, I didn't see any current NHLers with uh, significant NHLers. That's such a, that's so unfair. Everybody that's in the NHL is significant, but you know what I mean. And yes. our buddy Darren Dreger had a flat, but it looks like he's well on his way again, right? Okay, well, that's good. Good for him. I mean, uh, out in the Canadian prairies, you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road too long. Blistering learn, heat. Learn how to rye. change a tire, Dregs. Yeah, it's good. Call CAA in Canada. CAA, in fact. Uh, better, this or that, better rumored Super Bowl halftime show performer, Miley Cyrus or Harry Styles? Okay, I would say Harry Style for that one. I think they'd both be great, but Harry Style just has a lot of charisma and it would be a booming show. People would be on their feet at home and dancing throughout the whole thing. Do you believe that Taylor actually turned it down? I believe if she's going to make a billion dollars on that tour, she doesn't need the Super Bowl. (laughs) Good point by you. We'll see you tomorrow (laughs) on Sabres Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.